A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Are We There Yet? I'm Katie Gossett. And when babies come into the world, they want to engage with it. They want to play. At the start, they want to play with us. But as they get older, it's a whole other ball game. And actually, not even a ball game. Often more like a fighting game. Or worse. If I knew them what I know now, <laughs> they wouldn't be in the house. Yeah, I hate it. Ugh. I've been known to unplug the whole internet thing and you know, hide it. You know, you feel like a nag, saying, turn it off. In this episode, we delve into the all-consuming world of online gaming, which, for some of us parents, can be a really murky and mysterious one. A darkened room with uh, maybe one teenager or small child just playing for hours on end. <laughs> that would be my first response. So that's the enduring image of gaming yeah. for you? Yeah, and mostly it would be a boy, too. And they'd be having lots of fun, but time would slip away. So you'd say, yes, you can have an hour, and then three hours later, they would emerge. And what would happen if you burst into said room after an hour and said, right, time's up? Um, I've learnt over the years, that's not a good strategy. Because, funnily enough, children can get really attached to what they're playing. I've caught him at 4.30 in the morning. I'd got up to get a drink, and here's this 10-year-old. <laughs> hiding <laughs> to play his game at 4.30 in the morning. But it's not like this is a new thing. An RNZ Insight documentary back in 1982 suggests that the first video games found their way here in 1975. People might remember Pong. It was a kind of version of table tennis. One importer interviewed in this programme, Bruce Sullivan, said some of these games actually had their origins in the NASA space programme. A guy called Ian Bushnell was one of the NASA space engineers who was made redundant. He invented the game called Pong, put it in a cabinet and stuck it in a New York cafe. And that's where the video game started from. But things really took off when Space Invaders came along. This was a game that used microcomputer technology that could read and respond to the player. And in that same doco, behavioural psychologist Jim Moody explained how the game hooks young people in. What you're getting is what psychologists call immediate positive reinforcement. Every time you shoot down one of the asteroids, there's an explosion and there's sometimes coloured lights and your score goes up. And each time at the end of every session, you look down and you have an immediate reward. But of course, over time, the bells and whistles and flashing lights have just got better and the visuals have got more realistic. So if we were to stick our nose in that darkened room now, we might be surprised or even disturbed by what we find. The games they find can be quite yuck. We don't let them play any games where there's people being killed or blood. When we go to someone else's house and my son's playing Grand Theft Auto at 10 years old because his friend has got it, that's kind of a concern. I often think about if this was 
something physical, if I could send my son out with a group of people and a whole pile of guns to shoot prostitutes, would I let him do that? I certainly wouldn't, but some people feel happy to let their children sit in front of a screen with a whole pile of guns shooting prostitutes. When you put it that way, from a parent's perspective, we've got concerning content filtering into our precious children's brains, sometimes for many hours a day. You know, that's serious stuff, isn't it? Time to call on our expert, clinical psychologist Catherine Gallagher. Because although she and I have talked before about screen time generally, gaming has become its own little, well, not so little issue. And we really need to know what's going on. Gaming per se is not good or bad. It's about how it's used and it's about the context around it and it's about how much it's used. So for me, it's all about moderation. So you don't always have to be looking over their shoulder, but you have to be engaged and help them navigate through this experience because to leave it up to them is asking for trouble. So at a very basic level, monitor its use and have boundaries about when, where and what is played. And how long they're played for. Check out this question from the 1982 documentary. I understand the kids that get really good can actually play for up to half an hour. That's right, yes. Some of the games, like Defender... Half an hour? We wish. These days it can be a lot longer than that. If you let them, all day. But I can't let them play all day because they turn into little monsters. (laughs) My older son, he would spend six hours a day. Gaming specifically, I couldn't say, but online, he spends a large portion of his time every day. So how much is too much? I wanted some sort of expert opinion of um, how many hours for a particular age group. I did find that under five should have very limited screen time. Um, In the end, I had to just make up my own time. I guess the thing with managing gaming behaviour is that there's not just one guide. I mean, you can go online, ironically, as I did, and find scientific studies and recommendations, but a lot of this information is conflicting. So I can't pull a magic number out of the air because, like so many parents, I simply don't know. And that brings me back to the moderation argument. Trouble with that is that sometimes our kids end up spending more time online because we've got busy. If children are happy and entertained, well, one hour can very easily become four as things slide So some parents think that their children should be able to self-manage. Well, how do you do with a fully formed frontal lobe when it comes to turning off Netflix? We tend to just watch one more. So remember, on top of that, kids are impulsive and in the moment, and these games are highly appealing. They need help to manage usage, and probably for a lot longer than we think they do. And I think she's right. We're all really susceptible to this stuff. I know I am. Like another Netflix episode? Like more chocolate? There's this thing called pig. And it's the problem of immediate gratification. And we all have it, you know, some of us more than others. But if something's in front of us and stimulating and we're in the middle of it, then to actually stop having fun is bloody difficult. So I think it's a skill that has to be learned. And I think the assumptions we make as parents is it's a moral flaw or it's going to end up that they're going to get addicted to other things. That's not the case. Of course, most of us can get our children offline, but sometimes we face a bit of obnoxious behaviour along the way. He gets really aggressive when he comes off. It's like all that adrenaline, and he's really ratty and irritable and sort of snarky and horrid, basically. We say, we noticed that this is the thing. That means that you're not going to be getting that opportunity because we see this pattern. And how does he respond to that? 
well, he wants to play his gaming, so he usually pulls his head in. And then what about the potentially dark content itself? This is where we need devices to be in the family room or at least in bedrooms where the doors are open so we can actually see what our children are looking at. It's watching them play a game. It's saying, well, if you want to play that, I'm going to have to observe you playing it to start with just so I can be aware of what's going on. And I might go, oh, mum. It's like, well, it's cool. But if you want to play it, this is the contract. Once you've got that openness, you can also help them to distinguish between fantasy and reality. Catherine Gallagher believes most children can tell the difference, but it can be a problem where children are playing to excess or looking at content that's way beyond their developmental age. In other words, age restrictions on games are usually there for a reason. If you're having to buy it from EB Games and pretend that it's for you while your kid's hiding behind a pillar, then that's probably an issue. Having said that, I've done it myself. So, you know, I'm not not coming from a moral high ground here. But, you know, this is not about always getting it right, but it's about checking yourself and going, hey, it's actually okay that I take guidance from things like age recommendations or that, in fact, my gut instinct is a bit of a a clue here. Just because my child's sobbing in a mess and saying that his life is ruined, that's a piece of information. It doesn't have to be the truth. Or... Even if they are sobbing, it doesn't mean your child has got a major, major problem and is addicted to this stuff. It's just that at that age, these things do feel really, really important in that moment. And we have to kind of pull up our big girl pants or our big boy pants and kind of walk a line that says actually, you know, I'm going to be fair and reasonable most of the time. (laughs) But sometimes I'm also just going to say no. And that's actually okay. I think like most parents... I feel I can sometimes be a bit paranoid about what we just heard there, that idea of addiction, getting addicted to these games. So it's been interesting to hear that the World Health Organization last year recognized an addiction to games as a mental health disorder, although that move has been criticized too. I guess what I'm wondering is, for us as parents, how do we know if our child is getting addicted to this stuff? I wouldn't use it lightly. I mean, addiction by definition means people are using it a lot. It's getting in the way of their normal functioning. So it's interrupting eating, sleeping, you know, going to school, doing all those sorts of things. That I'm needing more of it to kind of get the same kind of sense of things. And that um, when I'm not doing it, I can start to, to have withdrawal. Now, some people might be listening to this and going, well, that describes my son or my daughter. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye on it. But again, parents don't panic because you actually have a lot of control over your child's environment. And even though your child will swear black and blue that their life will end if you turn off the Wi-Fi, you can do that. And you do have control often of what games are accessed. And that doesn't mean we micromanage their world. It just means we take time and, and notice and be part of that world. But the thing is, gaming is actually not all harmful. So while you're there, involved in your child's gaming, you might actually find some of the stuff is kind of fun and can bring benefits. Mental agility, through having to strategise and respond quickly to things. It provides an avenue for socialising and something to talk about with mates. It can provide opportunities for kids to manage tough feelings when they lose um, or when they have to get off and be thoroughly frustrated by that. And it can provide some kids who may not necessarily excel elsewhere a space where they can be excellent. (laughs) You know, they can be the best. They can go forth and, and dream about careers and, and, and you know game design. And that brings us to a couple of questions that we hear a lot these days. Where is this technology taking us? And how does what our children do online now relate to the kind of jobs they might end up getting? Once again, all this speculation about our technological future is not new. 
Here's Gordon Hogg from the Computer Services Association addressing these exact concerns way back in that 1982 doco. You go to a fun parlour. Anyone who's listening to this programme ought to, because you can't criticise it until you do, and see whether some of these kids are either going to be capable of doing fantastic jobs which we can't dream of, or they're going to be unemployed. And I believe they can do fantastic jobs we can't dream of. So, sounds familiar. Even back then, technology promised, or possibly threatened, to change the workplace forever. But we've survived that. And in fact, I survived playing computer games. Back in the day, I played Load Runner. Sometimes I played it for up to an hour, because it had about 150 levels. But times change, games change. And it's actually natural for our children to want to play what's new and fresh now. If we had Minecraft when we were little, we probably would have played it. (laughs) I think as parents we look back and go, well, I didn't do that in my day. It's because it wasn't there. And actually this is the stuff that's entertaining and fun. So I think as parents, variety, moderation, those things are important. But the fact that your child is drawn to those things, that's not a problem. It's kind of a sign of the times. But we still need to work out how to manage their behaviour in this very new gaming environment. I was thinking about charging my kids for internet time. Yeah, and I've also made it before that they write down how much time they're actually spending on the internet, the older ones. And then maybe themselves, they hopefully realise that they're on the computer too long. I wish I could teach him to self-regulate, but the only time that it doesn't call to him is when it's actually physically taken away. Because managing children's behaviour is just one of those things that you sign up for when you become a parent. We talked earlier about moderation, but ultimately we are the moderators of our children's lives, at least when they're young. And so while we can guide them towards evaluating the online world and we can encourage them to self-manage, we can also take control when we need to. That's our right as the payer of the bills, but also our responsibility to do so. The bottom line is watch for behaviour change. If you notice your child actually gets beside themselves and takes a hard time to wind down after getting off, then that might be a bit of a clue where you go, actually, mate, I can see you're loving this, but access to that is going to rely on you engaging in some other things. Gaming is an addition to life. It isn't life. And so if your child is avoiding other stuff like sleep or school or dinner with family, this needs to be nipped in the bud, and often really firmly. Don't expect them to take this calmly, but do it anyway. Remember, you have the power, and you do pay the bills, so you can switch off that modem or get an app that controls usage. And get those expectations in there early, so kids know what will happen when. And that's the show. This podcast is produced and presented by me, Katie Gossett. It's mixed by Alex Harmer, and Tim Watkin is our executive producer. The archival audio comes courtesy of Nga Taonga Sound and Vision. If you enjoyed this, you can find it on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or on our podcast page at rnz.co.nz. And while you're there, if you want something for your kids to listen to, check out RNZ's Storytime Collection. It's new, it has heaps of stories read out loud, and it's sorted in a way that's really easy to understand. So you can search for author, title, topic, or even listening age. Head to storytime.rnz.co.nz. And let us know what you think. And don't miss the next episode of Are We There Yet? when I'm going to look at childhood fears and how we help kids get through the scary stuff. Hold up. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.